0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Jazz,
1: your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz.
2: Part of the Locked On Podcast
1: Network, your team every day.
2: It is Locked On Jazz for the 7th of May. The Jazz doing lots of things right. Even executing a plan and yet to no avail. How come? Because the offense is doing a little less than needed. Plus, we'll look around this more of the series and around the rest of the NBA. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked On Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz with expertise, insight geeky numbers, and a look behind the curtains. All right, we hoped we would have got one. But I think I left the building last night, at least as much as anything, with a real tip of the hat to the Rockets. Um, I think the Jazz have done a lot of things really, really well in this series. And then the Jazz weaknesses have been exposed by the Rockets' strengths. And then the Jazz strengths have altered what the Rockets do, but to no avail. And that, to me, is the most incredible thing um, from what I've seen in this series. Is that the Jazz have been able to do a lot of what they want to do, and yet the Rockets have had an answer. And that, to me, is where I just tip my hat to the Rockets, uh, more than anything else. And really impressively tip my hat to the Rockets. So we'll dig into those two things, both offensively and defensively, in today's show, which is brought to you by Murdoch Chevy, Intercap Lending, and Mother's Day GRIP6 with a brand new promo code uh, that's great for you. So that's all coming up on the show. All right, let's dig in to the things the Jazz are doing really well. Number 1 when you play the Rockets you've got to try to equalize the math game, right? You've got to try to equalize the math game. The Rockets shoot 50% of their shots from 3. The Jazz have to find a way to be able to limit that and they've done exactly that. The Jazz found a way to limit what the Rockets are getting in three-point range and the Rockets take on regularly take 81% of their shots. As smart, or 82% of their shots is smart shots, restricted area, or three-point. And the Jazz, because of Gobert's presence, I know some people feel Rudy had a really bad game. I think I would phrase it more that Capella was great more than Rudy was bad. We'll talk about, though, there's some aspects where some of Rudy's lack of offense shows up in this series, but Rudy's defense has had the impact. The Rockets aren't getting those shots. If you look at the Rockets' number in the series impressively, from what the Jazz are doing, they they have completely moved the Rockets' shot profile. And that jumps out to me about exactly what the Jazz wanted to do. And yet, the Rockets were able to answer it. The Rockets have taken more shots in the mid-range than they have all season long. If we look at the Rockets' shot profile and what the Jazz are making them do in this series, it's not something that they do regularly. The Jazz made them take 27 shots in Game Three in the mid-range, in the paint, non-restricted area, or in the mid-range. So, non-restricted area twos. That's something the Rockets just don't take. Rockets, I mean, Rockets have had games where they've taken nine, they take eight, they take seven shots in those areas. And now all of a sudden the Jazz have them taking, you know, fairly significant numbers, and yet they're making them. P.J. Tucker had a fortunate night in game three, and then, frankly, Chris Paul was brilliant last night. They took 30 shots in the non-restricted area twos last night, and they went 17 of 30. The night before they went 15 of 27. In the last 3 games, the Rockets have above the break 3-point shooting incredibly, and this is to the this is to their credit, to me in my mind. After they had that great shooting night in night 1, they're 19 of their last 83 on above the break threes. Like that's how you're going to beat them. They got 14 corner threes last night, which is a little disappointing. That's a high number. But the Jazz have kept them to 29% on above-the-break threes. So they're getting not very many looks. Then when they're getting them, they aren't good looks. The Jazz kept them to 23 shots in the restricted area in Game 3. 20 shots in the restricted area in Game 4. And yet, they still found a way to win. Now, really... What we're seeing is that the Jazz strength, their defense, against the Rockets number two offense. So it's the number two defense, almost tied for number one. Against the number really, it's the number the tied for number one defense, tied for number one offense against each other. And the Jazz have, in two of the four games, won that battle. And in two of the four games. The Rockets have been right at their season average, which I would say for the Jazz is a loss. Right? The Jazz need to keep them below their season average. So game one, the Rockets' offensive rating was one ten point five. For the season they were one twelve. For Game Three, they were right at one twelve where the so they were average. Game two, they're at one hundred four. Game four, last night, the Jazz defense held the Rockets offensive rating to a one hundred point two. It's one of the worst offensive nights by the Rockets all season long. And how did the Jazz do it? Because they executed the plan, which was to run them off the three-point line while Gobert still protected the paint. And at, and and this is an incredible task, because when James Harden gets coming downhill and Clint is there for the lob and you got to step out and do one of the others, it's almost impossible to guard. Rudy does it better than anyone in the league. <laughs> they quieted Eric Gordon. They've eliminated the step-back three. The list is long of things that they have done really, really well. And yet, to the credit the Rockets, they have the answer. At least a moderate answer, offensively. Not a great one. Because as I just showed you, the, the Jazz have kept them considerably below their average. Last night, the Rockets had only two fast break points. We've gone through these numbers this week. If you're going to beat the Rockets, you've got to hold them under 10 fast break points. They did that in 10 of their 17 regular season losses. Okay. We we, done, we did that. Uh, you've got to hold them down on their three-point makes. If they make 14 or more, they win. They didn't do that. The Rockets only had five games all season with fewer shots at the rim than they had last night. But this team can now do things so that that's not a disastrous night in a way they couldn't do anything in the past. They were 17 of 30 on those non-restricted two because Chris Paul was 11 of 17. The rest of their roster was 6 of 13, which isn't bad. The Jazz put a huge, huge focus on trying to shut down the Rockets' isolation game. Rockets were 1.1 points per direct isolation this year according to second spectrum. Last night they were just 0. .86 and James Harden was just 0. .5. Huge emphasis on it and they got and they did it. And so with all that said, the Jazz defense last night held the Rockets to their 76th offensive night of the year out of 92. So one of their 15-16 worst offensive games. So a little bit, and we can discuss this some more tomorrow because I'm going to rewatch the game. I, I can hear the criticism. I'm hearing the criticism of Gobert, and, and maybe you wanted more. And maybe it's easy. You look at Capella, 12 points, 15 rebounds, six blocks, and you see Rudy with 11 points, 10 rebounds, and you feel and Rudy's minus 27 is just definitely jumps out, and you feel as though Rudy has been badly outplayed. I'm going to go rewatch the game before I make that assessment. Because Rudy's essence, defensively, is still having an in- impact on the game, altering the landscape by which the Rockets are getting shots. Right? So, to me, I look at that, and before I want to decide, you know what, Rudy's had that terrible series... Maybe offensively, his inability to have an impact, and we'll talk about that in segment two, against the switching defense is that big a deal. But when I look at where the Rockets took shots in the regular season, compared to where the Rockets are taking shots right now, I, I'm giving a lot of that credit to Quinn and the coaching staff and the and the defensive personnel, but I'm also am giving a lot of that credit to Rudy. And I, I think... In fairness, you've got to understand that Rudy's still impacting the game a great deal. And, frankly, some of this is if he had James Harden and Chris Paul coming downhill throwing him lobs, I do think that he probably would look a lot like Clint Capella does. He doesn't have that. So, I really think, in a lot of ways, the Jazz defense has continued to show the impact that it has all season long, and that's encouraging. Shot composition, the Rockets, in the regular season, 32% of their shots in the restricted area. In the last four games, they're at 29%, down 3%, and only 28% when Rudy's on the floor. Paint non-restricted area. During the regular season, they only took 10% of their shots in that area. With Gobert on the floor in the series, they've had to take 23. Mid-range during the regular season, they took 8. With Gobert on the floor, they've taken 11. Corner threes in the regular season, they took 12. With Gobert on the floor, they've taken 10%. And above the break threes, which they've taken 38% of the time. In the regular season, they've only taken 29% with Gobert on the floor. So I think you've got to understand that on the defensive end the impact that Rudy is having is still fairly impactful and the Jazz defensive rating in four games with Gobert on the floor isn't is uh not not the problem is that the Rockets have made those shots so that they while he broke the sh- shot composition of the Rockets the Rockets had the answer to be able to make those shots. And that's what's that's what's so impressive about what Houston's done. Mother's Day is coming up. Grip6.com. Go there right now and take care of Mother's Day with their new setup, the new belt line for Mother's Day appreciation. Promo code is MOTHERS25 at checkout. It's right on the front page. 25% off your entire order. There, They've also got all sorts of other things. I love the Grip6 belt. My dad was wearing it yesterday. I gave it to him as a gift. I've given it to a bunch of our guests. You can have the fun classic series with the bright colors, the conservation series. I like the new wood uh, line they have as well. And the new Mother's Day line is there for you. Grip6 is a unique belt because it's built to wear and not wear out. It has no holes, so it slips underneath in a patented locking system and just holds its place. You don't. It fits wherever you want to make it fit not based on whatever where they poke the holes into the leather uh, or the nylon for you. This is what makes Grip6 so unique. No flappy little thing flapping out on the side. It slips underneath. It's nice and tight. It holds. It's beautifully made. It's the only belt I've worn ever since I got it, and most people have felt that way. If you're a little heavier, uh, have a little girth to you. Grip6 belts have reportedly been great in that regard because they – uh, they don't they don't hurt the same way uh, or they don't I guess I don't know I wouldn't know but people have emailed me about it so trust me on that one uh, along the way so check it out there's a new women's line and the mother's 25 is your promo code at grip six dot com
0: life is complicated especially right now you're spending more time inside unable to go to restaurants and that means you're cooking dinner but if you're like me I hate cooking
2: All right, so the problem in the series for the Jazz has been they can't score. And maybe we shouldn't be that surprised by it on one level. And then there is a level that's just at least eye-opening. So in the regular season, the Rockets' defense was the number two defense in the NBA after a made shot. After a made shot, the Rockets' defense is number two in the NBA. The Jazz offense, after a made shot, is 24th. All right, that's a pretty big mismatch in this series. The Jazz, after a defensive rebound, are eighth. After a turnover, they're eighth, and that's how they get things going. And in this series, that's matched. The Rockets aren't great after those things, and the Jazz have been. After a missed shot, the Jazz offense is at 1.06 points per possession. After a turnover, the Jazz are at 1.3 points per possession. Incredibly high. After a made shot by the Rockets, the Jazz offense is .87 points per possession. That's... That's just the Jazz offense has been completely stymied in the half-court set against the switching of the Rockets. And to the Rockets' credit, Quinn put in a bunch of really interesting things after Game One, and then the Rockets found a way to answer it. So you, I think you got to give, you know, give some credit to the Rockets in that regard. And I think it also, you know, if you're looking forward. It's probably the area that the the Jazz need to address the most in this offseason is the fact that in the half court, offensively, they're still limited. And the Rockets have exposed that. And if we look at the pre- before the series starts, that shouldn't be stunning to us. Couple the fact that the Jazz are now without their starting point guard, it really shouldn't be stunning. But what's interesting to the Rockets' credit, is how much they've blown up the Jazz offense. So the Jazz throw one of the top, or the third most amount of passes in the regular season. They throw 334 passes a game. Or excuse me, per 100 possessions. The Jazz are down to 263. So from 334 to 263. Picks. We run the most picks and the most handoffs of anyone in the league. We wear you out. We tire you out. As the game goes on, you're worn out. We're doing these things to you. You're not, right? That's who we are. Per 100 possessions, we're running 14 less picks and eight less handoffs a game. So instead of being at 124 125 picks or handoffs a game, which is huge and wears you out, we're suddenly at 102. Rocket switching defense has changed it. Our drives per game, the exact same. But we're doing it in a different fashion. Our off-ball screens, down from 71 to 52. So they have taken the Jazz offensive system, and with their switching, they have kind of blown up what the Jazz like to run. The Jazz have, are suddenly running nearly two times more isolation sets than they ran at any point during the season. The Jazz are running nearly 20 isolations a game, or 20 isolations a game, and the Jazz were running about 11. And to the Rockets' credit, with the switching defenses that they have out there, this is what the Rockets do to people. The Rockets force the most isolations per 100 possessions, of anyone in the NBA. 20. The exact number the Jazz are playing right now is what the Rockets, on average, force you into. With that switching defense. They they, they force you to pull it back, get the mismatch, play one-on-one, and then Clint Capella's been great at it. Clint Capella's has been great in the series. And Capella... Two things jump out about how well Capella's playing. One is he's long and bouncy and he's got a great second jump, so you know he's a good rim protector and particularly a good rebounder. But as the season's gone on and they're doing this switching and he's guarding 30, 40 plays a night out on the perimeter, he's getting better and better and better at that. And that, to me, is Super impressive on his development and what he's been able to do and why the rockets are who they are. The other one is he can play 37 minutes a night. He didn't used to be able to do that. That's that's the big talk around the rockets is you know usually big guys go from kind of the old, you know the opposite of a car going 0 to 60 they go from 60 to 0. And in that 60 to 0 when they get tired they just fall off the map. Capella has learned how to play a lot of minutes which is a huge developmental step. And if you look at his career, he went from playing 24 minutes a game last year to 28 minutes a game this year, and then dropped 37 last night. Pretty, pretty huge jump. He's, he's another reason why they're just dramatically different. They can play this defensive style. He's gotten better at it as the year has gone on. And it's hard to tell whether the Rockets have gotten better defensively as the year has gone on because, frankly, the Rockets didn't have that many important games to play because they were so dominant. The other thing on the Rockets that's really interesting is how great they are in first quarters. They are far and away the best team in the NBA in first quarters. And so when they come out and they hitch in the first quarter and take that early lead, and then you play from behind like the Jazz did last night, it and their offense is got enough firepower that it's awfully hard to deal with. They've led by 10 or more in 31 of the 82 first quarters they played this year. Their first quarters, they shoot 50% from the floor and 40% from three, and they average being up by six at the end of the first quarter, or five, 31-25 or 30-25 or thirty-one twenty-six at the end of the first quarter every night. That's pretty incredible. Rockets defense by month, December was a 109.6 was bad. January was a 105.6. February, 101.1. March, 101.9. So you you can look at them and see where Capella has improved and gotten better defensively and better understanding. Remember, they've only lost four games all year where James Harden, Chris Paul, and Clint Capella have all played. Their defensive ranking by 10-game spans this year, this is where Capella's improved so much, was 10th, 7th, 11th, 24th in the first 40 games. And then 4th, 5th, 5th, and 2nd. So they've got this thing dialed in. And they have blown up the Jazz offensive game. To their credit. And a good note for the Jazz hey, teams are switching this much. This is the new thing. You're going to be forced into isolation. You've got to get some guys that are good isolation players. And you've got to, the Jazz have not been able to find ways to take advantage of the switch, which is somewhat personnel uh, because Quinn's worked very, very hard on developing a system to deal with these switches, and yet we don't always have the personnel uh, to be able to deal with that. Today's show brought to you in part by Murdoch Chevy. Tyson does such a great job at Murdoch Chevy. Murdoch Chevy, in a lot of ways, represents everything the Murdoch family is about. One, it's got the longevity, right? So 91 years Chevy and Murdoch have been together, working together. I mean, that's just, that's bread and butter right there. I mean, Chevy is Americana. It is Utah, and the Murdochs have been with Chevy for 91 years. And then Tyson and just kind of his low-key kind of humble approach, is the essence of the Murdoch guarantee of no regrets. Free car washes and oil changes for life. The no regrets impact of five-day money-back, five-day exchange policy, uh, price match guarantee. It's everything the Murdochs are about. And then you've got the great Chevy line. They're on fire right now. They've got the only truck line that has all three truck segments with the heavy-duty Silverado, the light-duty half-ton, Truck Silverado in the mid-size Colorado. I drove that Colorado for a while. It, or that Silverado for a while. It was awesome. One of the coolest things I've ever driven was that Silverado truck. I loved it. Unibody frame makes it safer with the single frame. The Allison transmission is just awesome. Really amazing lineup. Plus the great SUV lineup of the Suburban, the Tahoe, the Equinox. Traverse now has three rows of seating and the tracks. Check it all out at Murdoch Chevy in Woods Cross. Say hi to Tyson when you're there and find out all about the Murdoch guarantee. Today's show also brought to you by Intercap Lending. Intercap Lending is doing amazing things in Utah. Their headquarters are now in Utah. They're up over 200 people employed in Utah. They're hyper-responsive. They embrace change and they've got a great borrower experience. When I say embrace change, one of the great things they've done is their app. The app has all the loan programs in it. They're the elite their apps, go check out InterCap in the App Store. First thing you can do in this insane market is you can pre-qualify based on information through the app. Give that to your realtor. Now you're ahead of the game. The other thing is when we did it, Steve Carter helped us out and said basically, we're going to try to make this as easy as ordering a pizza online. And they do as much as they can. There's no government regulations on ordering a pizza, so it's not quite the same. But I took a picture of all our major documents, just put them right into the app in that fashion. I was able to get notified through the app whenever something needed to be taken care of. And during the midst of a madness of the season, Steve carter was able to help us get refinanced through intercap lending call steve carter at 385-885-28 if you're going to refinance or you need a loan intercap lending nmls number 190465 go to intercaplending.com and steve carter can be reached at 385-885-28 and here's the thing they're going to do for you if you do your loan with intercap they'll do their appraisal for free Pretty awesome. If you're self-employed, have business assets, have multiple properties, have a loan that is a little more difficult for some of the other big non-pizza, uh, easiest pizza maker companies to get it done, then give a call to Intercap Lending because they have no overlays, no additional requirements. requirements. They're a direct lenders, so they can really help you out. Intercap Lending, 385 800 28 That's Steve Carter's number, 385 or three eight five eight hundred eighty five twenty eight.
1: Hi, this is Nate Duncan from Locked On's Hollinger and Duncan podcast those of you who listen to our show know that i try to take a measured approach I'm not prone to hyperbole. It really takes something special to get me excited. But with all that said, Theragun is simply one of the best products that I have ever used. I just turned 40. I've always loved to work out, to play basketball when it's safe. And as I got into my 30s, it just wasn't possible to do that anymore the way I wanted to because my body didn't feel right. And Theragun has helped me fix so many of the aches and pains. i tried everything, massages chiropractors, this at-home device handheld percussive therapy has worked better than any of those for me and now the all-new gen 4 theragun has a proprietary brushless motor it's so quiet it's no louder than an electric toothbrush and best of all you can try theragun risk-free for 30 days there's no substitute for the theragun gen 4 with an oled screen personalized theragun app and the quiet and power you need starts at only 199 dollars go to theragun.com locked on the name of this network right now and get your gen 4 theragun gun today that's theragun.com slash locked on theragun.com slash locked on
2: big picture for a second and we'll talk more about gobert and Donovan tomorrow as we get ready for game five Um, the two things that kind of jump out to me one is I wonder how New Orleans and Utah would do in the eastern conference and two, if we really look at what the season was, all year long, Houston and Golden State were dominantly better than everybody else in the West, and then the rest of these other teams were all coupled together and battled, and Utah and New Orleans came out of it impressively, and now New Orleans, uh, Houston and Golden State look dominant again. And none of that's that surprising that it's taken place in that fashion. I mean, Golden State was really dominant yesterday. 118-92, blowout of the Pelicans, reacting to loss, almost exactly how Houston reacted to the loss the other day. And Golden State went and put the clamps down defensively. Similar thing to the Pelicans, 85.7 defensive rating. Crazy pace in that game, and the Pelicans still couldn't score. They had a bad shooting night, 4 of 26, but I think they just got discombobulated completely by who the Warriors are. The Eastern Conference games were incredible, but they're all whitewashed. We're, we're going to end up with Cleveland-Boston just like we thought. LeBron with another legacy-defining shot. And Brad Stevens with inbound plays that will be talked about for years. They were awesome. But those series are close because those teams are close. And as Igor Kokoshkov said to me, you need somebody to land your plane. And evidently Brad Stevens is landing the Celtics' plane. Ben Simmons was just awful. Late in that game. I mean, just awful. And was awful the night before. This is really, really hard what they're asking rookies to do in these series. And Toronto just can't buy a break. Ben Simmons, by the way, had a rebound with 17 seconds left and a, and the shot clock off, up one, and hoisted up a shot because he was either too scared to get fouled, didn't know the time and score situation, or panicked. I'm not sure which. I mean, that's bad. That cost his team the game. They had the game. They had the ball up one, shot clock off. And he hoisted up a shot. Pretty surprising. And frankly, what Boston's doing, we don't like to give Boston a lot of credit, but what Boston's doing is amazing. Terry is really good. But come on. Like, they're without Kyrie Irving. They're without Gordon. They're not... Anywhere near the team that anyone thought they were going to be. And yet, they're finding a way to get this done. It's pretty impressive. But, they're not getting that done in the West right now. Against Houston or Golden State. You can do that when you're playing a team as inexperienced as the 76ers. Who I, I really think the Pelicans or Jazz could probably beat in the playoff series. And I think the Jazz could probably beat Toronto. And I don't know if they could beat Cleveland just because LeBron's on Cleveland. But the way this is playing out is... Is maybe as anticipated. Uh, I don't want to pick on it. I just it's worth talking about because he was once our guy. We moved him, um, but Rodney's playoffs are just a disaster. He is missed. Uh, he has not hit a three since Game Two of the Indiana series. He's missed nine straight threes in the Toronto series. He's one of nine from the field. He played garbage time in Cleveland's 40-point loss in game six. Otherwise, he's done almost nothing. It's really, uh, you know, it could be system. I mean, or let G- Quinn prop this guy up. I don't know. But he is doing at, he's doing very, very little in this series. All right, Mother's Day gift. Make sure you go to GRIP6, Mother's 25 for that. Tomorrow I'll I'll rewatch the game on the plane. We can talk some Rudy tomorrow um, as well as uh, just kind of the burden that's being placed on Donovan. Get ready for Game 5. Maybe these guys will stun us. They've stunned us all year. Maybe we'll get one more at home. Uh, But Houston's really, really good. And I'm super impressed by everything I'm seeing out of the Rockets. This has been Locked On Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.